Hi there, and welcome to Even If, a weekly podcast about standing firm when life is shaking. I'm your host, Kelly Strife. Strife rhymes with wife. And together, we're finding the courage to approach uncertain and unwanted seasons of life through a posture of faith that stands firm and declares, even if he doesn't, he is still good. Welcome, friends. I'm so glad that you're here checking out the podcast, and I hope that it really breathes a fresh word of hope into you in this season. This podcast was always intended to be launched this spring, but I had no idea it was going to be launched in the middle of coronavirus, obviously. But I hope that that actually makes it even more applicable and appropriate because we all find ourselves in this season of uncertainty. And at its core, that's what this podcast is about. For those of you that are new friends, a quick introduction. My name is Kelly Strife. Strife rhymes with wife. And if you've seen it in print, you know why I keep reminding people how to pronounce it. Strife rhymes with wife. I've been married to my husband, Peter, for three years now. And we live right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Typically, we travel pretty frequently for work. But right now, we're staying put along with the rest of the world. It's a new season for all of us. I was 37 years old when we got married. And I know there are a number of you listeners out there who are single yourselves, and you all just prayed a silent prayer, please, Jesus, don't let that be me. And that's okay. I get it, because I was praying that same prayer too. I was single a lot longer than I would have anticipated or hoped for. And I think that because of that, because I'd been through that season of waiting and hoping and disappointment and delay and detour, I felt like I was pretty familiar with things that don't go according to plan. And then in June of last year, my husband and I delivered our first child, a baby girl, and her heart stopped beating just before she was born. She was stillborn at 41 weeks, a week past her due date. And suddenly we were launched into this whole new world of unexpected, of loss, of grief, of pain and heartbreak. These last nine months have been full of devastation. So Imogen was born in June. And then we buried her in August. We got pregnant again in September. And then we miscarried in October. And in the middle of all of that, my dad was diagnosed with cancer last fall. So I've become more familiar than I would ever have wanted with life not going according to plan. And with walking through loss and disappointment and grief. After the doctors told us that Imogen's heart had stopped beating, we had a few hours before she was born because... Side note, you in most cases, you still deliver a stillborn baby. You still go through the whole labor and delivery process. And so we found ourselves in the hospital while we were in labor, having to make all kinds of decisions. And some of those decisions were super practical. They were terrible, but they were practical. They were things like, are we going to have an autopsy or not? Or are we going to bury or cremate our child? Those are really horrific decisions to ever have to make, but they're especially terrible when you're making them in between contractions. But maybe even more important than those practical decisions, we really wanted to determine who we were going to be in the middle of this circumstance and what we were going to believe because we were caught in this tension of what we believed that God could do and the reality of what we were facing. Because we believed that God could heal and resurrect and restore and renew and bring breath and life and healing in every way. 
but we also knew the reality of what the doctors were telling us, and it didn't line up with that. So we had to decide what we were going to believe and what we were going to contend for, and ultimately who we were going to be. And immediately the Lord brought the passage of scripture to mind about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you know the story. They, they find themselves about to be thrown into this fire. And they're faced with the same tension we were, the tension of what they know God can do and what they see staring them down in front of them. And they make this statement that's become so familiar to us now. They say, our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, he's still good. So we actually began to model our prayers in the hospital after that statement. That's what informed our prayers and our belief over those next few hours. We fixed our expectation on what we knew God was able to do. And we fixed our heart on who God was, even if he didn't. Practically, that meant that first, we declared with our mouth our faith and our belief. God, you are able, you are healer, you promise life and wholeness and health. But second, we resolved in our hearts, our commitment and our trust. But God, no matter what, you are good and we trust you. Our story didn't end quite the same way that theirs did. It didn't end the way we wanted it to. God didn't heal and resurrect and restore life to Imogen here on earth. We know that Imogen is fully alive in heaven, but he didn't restore her life here. So suddenly we found ourselves having to live out the resolution that we had made. And this is not a resolution that you want to have to live out. This is the kind of thing that you want to know to be true. You want to believe in your mind and you want it to be true on paper, in theory, hypothetically. But you don't actually want to have to prove it. You don't want to have to experience it and to live it out. You want to know that God is good no matter what, but you don't want to find out what the no matter what part is. But that's exactly where we found ourselves, living out this resolution and finding out if we actually believed what we said we did. So just a few weeks after we got home from the hospital, I turned to the story in the book of Daniel to read it in its completion. And in Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18 say, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. I actually had to read these words a few times because I kept looking for the part where it said, even if he doesn't, he's still good. Those were the words that I had memorized. And I quickly realized that it didn't matter what translation I pulled up, those words weren't there. Now, obviously, they're still true. And the spirit and the intention of those words comes through. But in actuality, that's not what it says. Still, this quote rightfully honors who God is when we don't get the outcome we want. But this scripture declares who we will be when everything falls apart. And suddenly this resolution we had made in the hospital took on a whole new meaning because we realized that this even if declaration encompasses both the steadfastness of God's goodness and our response in disappointment and loss. So we had to expand our resolution to include both. 
And the only way that I've survived the losses of this last year is because in those early days, right from the beginning, we resolved who God was and who we were going to be. It's only because I'm convinced of the first part that I can actually declare the second. It's only because I'm convinced that God is good no matter what pain I find myself in, in my current circumstance that I can stand firm and declare. I will not give in to anything else because he is still good. We will not bow because there are so many temptations of things to give into in this season. The temptation to give into comparison or discouragement or anxiety or fear to let despair overtake us or to assert our control over anything we can. I'm raising my hand. To believe the lies that God has forgotten us or abandoned us and that we should give up and give in. But we won't worship the idol of our own life plans or our own dreams, no matter how good those dreams seem. Instead, We're learning how to live out this resolution when he didn't answer our prayer the way we wanted him to. One of the reasons I started this podcast is because I was hearing so many stories from people who had made it through to the other side, and they were giving this like hindsight, looking back perspective. Those perspectives are so important because they remind us when we're in the thick of it that God is still working even when we can't see it. And they give us vision that God has done it for them and he can do it for us too. But I was desperately looking to hear from people who don't have the benefit of hindsight, who can't say I've made it through to the other side, but who are daily, hourly, moment by moment, climbing back up onto the altar of even if he doesn't, even though he didn't, even still, even here, Even if the test never turns positive, even if the healing never comes, even if the paycheck isn't enough, if the proposal never appears, even if this takes everything I have, even if we have to bury our child, even then, God, you are still good and we won't give our worship to anything else. And I couldn't find too many of those stories. We like the happy ending. So I decided to tell it. Maybe you're in a season where God doesn't feel very good, or at the very least, life doesn't feel very good right now, and that's okay. This isn't a story about putting on a happy face and declaring what we think we're supposed to say. This is a story about fighting to believe what we know is true when it doesn't feel that way at all. We can believe that God is good, and sometimes we don't feel like it. We can believe that God is good and we can still be sad. We can believe that God is good and we can have questions and doubts and disappointments and fears. All of those things can be true at the exact same time. Or maybe you just don't feel like God is good to you. For weeks after Imogen died, we would show up at church every single Sunday, and I wore sunglasses for probably eight weeks straight because my eyes were so red and swollen from crying, and I knew I wasn't going to make it through the service without more tears. But we would show up week after week, and we were always singing the exact same song. I felt like somebody was playing a cruel trick on me because we'd get to the chorus, and the chorus was this tune that I sang as a kid. We'd sing, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He is so good to me. And for weeks, my voice would just drop out. I couldn't get the words to me out. 
And I'd look around the room and I'd see these people singing these words with their hands raised in the air and these smiles on their faces. And all I could think was, yeah, God is good to you. Yeah, God is good in your life. You got to keep your child. You just got engaged. You bought your dream house. You got a promotion with a big paycheck. But he sure doesn't feel very good to me. And I needed to hear from the people who didn't have everything they longed for, whose life wasn't just trucking along according to plan, who didn't have it all together and who understood disappointment and pain and loss and grief. I needed to hear those people singing those words because I needed to know that you could sing them even here. And gradually, after a while, I could mouth the words along. And then I could put a little bit of breath behind them and finally a little bit of voice, but there's still a wobble to this day. This isn't a hindsight perspective story. This isn't a story from the other side. I can't tell you how this is going to turn out. We haven't come full circle and there's no bow to tie this up. I still have no idea what God is doing with this story or why it was written the way that it was. But I'm going to tell it right now. While our pain is fresh and our grief is real. Because even here, we have resolved that God is good and we will not bow. And since those decisions have been made, everything else flows from there. My intention here is to share weekly devotions and observations about how we become these even-if people as we're living it out, how we become people who can stand firm when life is shaking all around them and declare even if he doesn't, and follow through if it comes to that, and to help us answer the questions, who is God and who are we going to be? Because even in the pain, the loss, the disappointment, the discouragement, the unknown, or the fear you find yourself in right now, you too can stand firm when life is shaking and declare, even if. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of Even If. My prayer is that even if your knees are weak, today's episode offers you enough strength to keep standing firm. If this message resonates with you, or if you know someone who needs to borrow a little strength of their own, there are two ways that you can help spread the word. First, leaving a rating and review will help people find this podcast when they need it most. And it lets me know that people are listening and joining in. Reviews are super important in the podcast world, and I'd be so grateful if you'd take 30 seconds to rate and review. Second, spreading the word on social media helps get this message out farther than I ever could on my own. So please feel free to share this podcast and tag your friends that would love this as much as you. I always continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at kelly.strife if you want to join us there. And don't forget to subscribe to make sure these episodes show up automatically in your feed each week. See you back here next week for the next episode of Even If.